Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Just me and a solo podcast, but I go through everything related to Week 16 in Major League Baseball. Hot and cold teams, top players of the week, little Phillies talk, stadium snacks, an awesome bleacher creature. So you definitely need to check everything out. It was a lot of fun to record. Really looking forward to hearing what you guys think. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave us a nice little five-star review. And find us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderbug Sports on Instagram and Facebook. But again, enjoy this week's episode. Thanks again. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, doing a solo pod this week. Couldn't get either Matty D or Greg on. Had a little bit of timing issues tomorrow, Tuesday, when you're probably listening to this. Doesn't work for any of us. I'm going to be at the Phillies-Red Sox game. Wednesday, Matty D and I are going to be recording not one, but two football podcasts. That's right. The Fun V Tailgate is coming back. We're starting off with our college football previews. We're going to be doing conference by conference, probably grouping them up two by two by two. How we're going to do it, you're just going to have to wait and see. That's going to be dropping on Thursday, but we are here to talk about baseball. The last week in baseball has been pretty awesome awesome to follow and you know as a Phillies fan I have my worries and qualms we'll get to those but let's start right into it hot and cold teams we're going to start in the American League and for week 16 of the American League just like it has been for the last couple weeks the hot team has to be the Boston Red Sox winners of nine of their last 10 games coming off a sweep of the Baltimore Orioles. They also took two or three from the Toronto Blue Jays last week. And I mean, look at these scores, 10, seven win, 10, five win. They lose eight to five. So they put, still put up five runs, 19 to 12 win over the Orioles, five, nothing, six, four, four, one. Chris sales also back for him. I mean, these guys are getting red hot. Greg and I mentioned the sweep of the Yankees. Uh, they're coming to Philadelphia tomorrow and it's, going to be uh, interesting. We saw what happened when the, when the Yankees come to Philly. Uh, the Red Sox always have had that big traveling nation, the Red Sox nation. Uh, no better way to put it than that. And it's going to be uh, unreal to see. And I mean, when you see J.D. Martinez already eclipsing 104 runs, he's 37 homers or runs batted and excuse me, 104 uh, Mookie Betts batting 350. I mean, these guys, um, you know, it, it's absurd. And the crazy thing about Martinez is he's 17 points behind Mookie Betts for the batting average title. He could win legitimately win the triple crown. Jose Ramirez is right there in home runs. Uh, two back Chris Davis of the Oakland Athletics. Um, three back in homers and 11 back in RBI. So he could be right there. I don't know if he necessarily catches up. He's very home run dependent, um, but but still a, bit, a big part of that Oakland Athletics offensive machine. And we're, we're going to talk about them in a second. But it's incredible to see what these guys are doing. And 
it's hard to see them stopping from there. I know Greg and I talked about last week the Red Sox. The potential could they get to 116 wins, break the major league record. To put that into perspective, they would need to only lose 10 more games at 45 losses. They're at 35 right now. Uh, that's the easiest way to put it rather than try to add up how many wins that would need to be. Uh, 10 losses is the max that you can take there. And we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. That's it's certainly uh, a bit of a tall order. It's August 13th as we're recording this now, August 14th, probably when you're listening to it. But, you know, stranger things have happened. They could go on this unreal run. The Cleveland Indians had an unreal August last year. Uh, so who knows? We could see what the Red Sox do. But we'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll see where they go. But honorable mention uh, probably would have been the other pick if we had a second co-host on here, or my pick if Greg had been on because we know he loves to flex on about his Red Sox. The Oakland Athletics got to mention them, winners of eight of their last ten, uh, and because of the other team, the American League Wild Card race, not named the New York Yankees, the Seattle Mariners. Taking all four games against the Houston Astros, this AL West race has become one of the most exciting things in baseball. The Houston Astros, the easy cold team of the week pick, um, have now made it you know, only a two-and-a-half game lead over the Athletics, who have just been unreal in the second half of the season, really since probably June 1st, uh, for much more of that, but... They're now the they're now only two games, two and a half games back of the Astros. The Mariners are four games back. But what the Athletics have been able to do that's so impressive, they're sixty-five games plus in their run differential, and their runs against the fifth best in the American League. You got the Houston Astros at number one, the Boston Red Sox, and the New York Yankees. And then the Cleveland Indians, and then you have the Athletics. And the Athletics have only allowed 15 more runs than the than the Cleveland Indians, which we talk about their pitching all the time. And, and you also can't forget about what the, the Indians' offense is doing. They have an incredible run differential. It is the fourth best in the American League. But the, the Athletics here, folks, they are, for real, they are, you know, they're right in the thick of it, and they're <laughs> really if the the Mariners don't take all four games against the Astros, they could be looking like it's them trying to hunt down the Yankees for the home game in the wild card. They're four games back, the Yankees right now for the second wild card game. The Yankees just lost tonight to the Mets, but we'll see what happens. This is why the pennant race is so much fun. It's it's what the second wild cards enabled us to see, rather than just looking at the athletics hunting down the Yankees for the wild card. You now throw in the Mariners and really that's it right now in the American league, unless Tampa Bay goes on a run, maybe the LA angels. Uh, that's a really tall order though. But even so the fact that Seattle still has something to play for, you could make an argument whether or not they actually get a win or get all four against the Astros if they're not still in the thick of it. I mean, they're a game and a half back of the of the athletics here. But, um, you know, it's definitely something that, that just makes it so much more exciting. We've seen more and more waiver trades happening, and we talked about a lot of them last week. But 
the American League certainly not as tight as the National League, but certainly just as exciting. And I'm going to jump over to the National League now, but if you have any thoughts on it, feel free to shoot us a DM at ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderbug Sports on Instagram. You can always at me on Twitter as well, at Jordo9. But over to the National League. The hot team of the week that I'm going to be taking are the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Once again, they are getting red hot. The Redbirds of St. Louis are. They, uh have been taking advantage of a schedule that, you know, has been benefiting them, but they've been doing it on the road, which is important to do. They took two or three from the Marlins last week before sweeping their American League, quote, natural rival, almost a national rival. They're playing the Nationals right now, but they swept them. They won five of their six games over this past week, five straight games, and they are hanging in. In this crowded National League, they are only two and a half games back of the Phillies, who are now the second wild card team in the NL after the Atlanta Braves won twice today. A lot of different moving pieces in the NL, so we're going to be changing with each and every podcast, probably who's going to be in what spot. But the Cardinals are right there. They are two and a half games back of the Brewers, who hold the first wild card. The Dodgers are right there. The Rockies are right there. But the Cardinals, we, we're getting worried about what they're doing, and they're not looking so awful. I mean, they have a better run differential than the Brewers. They've scored more runs. They've let up less runs. They have a great road record, as, as mentioned, five of six from this past week. Better than Milwaukee. Not better. Kind of better than Chicago. Uh, They have more wins, but also more losses. Uh, But it's, you know, tied for the most in the National League. And it's huge to have something like that. If their home record gets better, which Bush Stadium, as we've seen time and time again in the playoffs, is a great place to play. If we see that get better, they're 29 and 26 right now. So they have plenty of games at home to, to really pump up that record. Uh, you know, we could we could see the the Cardinals really claw away at the Brewers and and potentially at the Cubs. The Cubs keep on gaining more and more momentum, and I think it might be tough to see that. But who knows? I mean, we just saw the Cardinals go on a tear on the road, so we'll see what happens. The other team I got to mention as um, the second hot team of the week, the Atlanta Braves, winners of seven of the last ten. I mentioned they just won two games in their doubleheader today against the Marlins. Now taking a full game lead on the Phillies, who I'll talk about in Phillies talk in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the the Braves are, are certainly doing what they should have been doing from the team that we saw over the first couple months. Ronald Acuna, he uh, had one of the rarest feats in baseball today. He homered in the leadoff position of both games in this doubleheader today against the Miami Marlins, which is... Incredible. I mean, first of all, to even have a doubleheader now is rare in and of itself. The fact that he's doing that and kind of, kind of, you know, writing, writing the ship. He'd been a little cold over the last couple months, so he'd been red hot out of the gate. And he's the youngest player now to have homered in five or four straight games. They took two of three from the Brewers last week, and they were all in convincing fashion. Ten one on Friday night. Lost 4-2, but then 1-8-7, a, a thrilling win for them. 
And they're just not going away. They split a series with the Nationals and the ever-important series that Greg and I talked about last week uh, in Washington. Uh, but even before that, we talked a little bit about that Mets game where the Mets clawed back, but they wouldn't give up. Uh, the Mets, shout-out to the Mets. They've, they really haven't given up despite selling a lot of different players, shadow as, as Drupal Cabrera to the Phillies. But, um, you know, they're, they're still hanging on there. They just beat the Yankees tonight, helping out the Red Sox. But, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting seeing how this Amer- or this National League East race goes down. Um, I'm going to talk about the Nationals in a second, but both the Phillies and the Braves have a lot of series against the rest of their opponents in the division before they play each other twice in the final 10 slash 11 games, depending on whose schedule you're looking at. Um, but that's a lot of series against the Mets. It's a lot of series against the Marlins teams that aren't doing very well. The Marlins stink and the Mets, while they're still hanging around there, they're doing a lot better than you would have thought of at this point. Uh, especially with all the different injuries and players they've traded away. They're 50 and, and 66, um, you know, I mean, still not the best thing ever, but our best record ever, but you look at some of the teams over in the American league and, you know, shout out to the Mets there. But again, uh, the Braves and the Phillies have a lot of series against them and that's going to come out to their advantage, especially when the Phillies aren't taking advantage of the easier parts of the schedule, but we're going to get to them in a little bit. Uh, honorable mention is a third team. Got to give some props really to, and it's tough to tough to kind of sift it out, but you, you got to give some props to the Rockies here. They are still a game and a half back in that National League West division, and they're winners of three straight. They just swept or took three of four, excuse me, from the Dodgers after losing two of three to the Pirates, who... They've also been hanging around, and it's not too little too late at this point. They're only four games back of the Phillies, so they're not in any way, shape, or form out of things here. But the Colorado Rockies, they are two and a half back of the Phils, and they're winning where they have to. They've been very, very cold. We mentioned them last week as a cold team of the week, and it looked like they were going to kind of go off into this you know, often not into the sunset, but kind of fade away into darkness. Uh, and and what could have been a sad story? Nolan Arenado, an MVP candidate, having himself a great year, and his team had been kind of letting him down left and right here. But then they win three straight against the Dodgers, and that's impressive. The Dodgers now aren't in first place. They're not even in the playoff picture. Technically speaking, the, the Diamondbacks, if you're going – stacking the the top five teams they would be the second wild card playing at the Phillies it's absurd that way um and they're a division leader but you know the the Rockies keeping themselves in there just like with the St. Louis Cardinals you got to give them props there because when you look at the National League and how everything's shaking out the Braves the Phillies the Cubs the Brewers the Cardinals the Pirates the Diamondbacks the Rockies and the Dodgers all are Within striking distance, I mean the Pirates are the are have the worst record, and in terms of the wild card, I mentioned it before, but they're only four games back. Or I guess technically five. They have six more losses than the Phillies, 
but still five games. And then you have the Nationals, who are five and a half games back of the Phils, uh, who they're in a per- interesting predicament as a cold team transitioning over to there. Uh, mentioned the split with the Braves. You're getting a lot of this cannibalistic effect of teams playing teams. Uh, they lost two or three out in Wrigley against the Cubs. And it's going to be interesting for them. They're playing the Cardinals right now. They're losing in the top of the ninth 10 to six. So we'll see how that happens there. Uh, if they can make a little ninth inning magic go, but it's tough. I mean, they blew a three, nothing lead to the Cubs last night. The Cubs, if you didn't see this, got the bases loaded and a pinch hitter up down three, nothing down to his last strike. And David Bote, I think I'm pronouncing this right. hits a walk off grand slam to ruin an absolute gem from Max Scherzer. Um, you know, the nationals had been a very, very hot team and that brave series may have derailed it a little bit, but looking at the national schedule, if they can really get themselves clawed back into this, they're going to need to really do some work. They're out in St. Louis for four games. Then they play the Miami Marlins at home. So in theory, an easy series. You have Scherzer on the mound for game one of that. Gio Gonzalez in game three. Then they host the Phillies. They go play the Mets. They come out to Philly. Then they play those central teams again. The Brewers, the Cardinals, the Cubs as you start September. Phillies, Braves, Marlins, Mets, Marlins, Rockies to end the season. So a lot of NL East action. But they're going to have to get something going. These central teams certainly seem like they are uh, the cream of the crop and do very well against the rest of the National League. So it's... You know, something that that if you're a fan of another National League team, myself included as a Phillies fan, you got to be wary of that, especially coming down the stretch. I mean, just looking at it now, a lot of teams against the Central, the Met, the Nationals are actually 13 and seven. So uh, I'm kind of eating my eating my own foot here. The the Phils are 18 and 12, but the Braves are are 12 and 10. But Looking at, at the top teams, though, the Cubs are, are 15 and, and 5. The Brewers are 18 and 12. It seems like they're basically done playing them. So we'll see how it all goes in terms of uh, how everything shakes out. But that central division, I still think down the stretch that when those teams really get it going, are going to be dangerous there. But let's move over hot teams or hot players of the week. We're going to start with the Roy Hobbs MVP of the week. And, you know, potentially a couple different ways that we can go here. But we're going to start in the American League. Got to start there first, as we normally do. But I mentioned him before. It's hard to not go with J.D. Martinez. The guy batted 464, four homers, 11 RBI. And this guy, I mean, he, no offense at all to Mookie Betts, but I want J.D. Martinez to win the Triple Crown. I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be incredible to see that happen. The guy slugs the ball, had two homers the other day, again, or on Saturday against the the Baltimore Orioles in the second game of the doubleheader. Uh, the guy is batting 333 
on the season, 464 in the last seven days. Slugging percentage over 1,000. He had five doubles to, to add on to his four homers. Mookie Betts, just to, to give an idea, also the, the last seven days, also had 13 hits, 448 batting average, five ribbies, one homer, five doubles, two triples. That's kind of where I was getting at, and two stolen bases on the how we could go a couple different ways. Mitch Hander got himself a good week as well, the guy in his second year. But, I mean, J.D. Martinez, I want this guy to win the, the triple crown. Greg, shoot something at me. We can... Maybe debate this next week, but I think that'd be really cool. Uh, both guys are awesome, though. We mentioned that at the top of the show. Um, National League, Roy Hobbs winner. Got to be Nick Markakis. Mentioned it with the Atlanta Braves. But this guy having an awesome year for the Braves in general, but went 12 for 27, 444 batting average. Uh, one homer, eight ribbies, really helping to, to you know getting those Braves a number of those runs. Another one you could mention, David Peralta, who hit four homers. Ryan Zimmerman, who had 12 ribbies. But, um, you know, Markakis really being a catalyst for his squad down there in Atlanta. Going over to pitching, uh, the Billy Chapel Cy Young of the Week or Pitcher of the Week. And we're going to start in, and really it's the, the starter that we go with uh, starting the American league though. And want to go with a guy kind of out there in terms of where, uh, you know, where the, ch- the chase is going. He's not a part of it at all, but he's the one semi shining star of a Baltimore Orioles team. And that's Alex Cobb. The guy came over from the Tampa Bay Rays uh, in the past week had Two starts, and this and this is really all you need to know about the Baltimore Orioles. Pitched 14 innings, had an ERA of 1.29. That's two earned runs in those 14 innings pitched. Went 0-1. Oh, went oh uh, a whip of 1.07. He let up 11 hits and walked four batters. But, I mean, Jesus, that is tough, tough, tough to beat. Um, yeah, and I mean... I'm surprised that he didn't get moved. Uh, I don't know what his contract looks like, but you know, it's it's something there that that maybe he does. Maybe he does as we as we keep it going. But you know, that's that's going to be my pick for Billy Chapel in the American League. Over in the NL, I'm gonna. Che- it's not really cheating because he's been in the Amer- in the National League for a couple weeks now. I'm gonna go with Cole Hamels, Chicago Cubs, really revitalizing that starting rotation uh really or really being a good catalyst for them had two starts 13 innings pitched uh, a whip of 0.77 an era of 1.38 he went one and oh in his two starts uh so definitely a guy to look out for coming down the stretch and really the cubs getting a lot of what they paid for out of him and it's awesome to see he's definitely been one of my favorite players in the last 12 years since he came up uh, really bummed that the Phillies couldn't go out and get him, but you know if the Cubbies can go deep with him, I'd love to see him get another ring. Uh, good honorable mention. Uh, probably could have been a pick. Uh, probably should have been a pick, but I, I really wanted to give Alex Cobb a shout-out. Uh, Trevor Bauer for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, 19 strikeouts over 12.1 innings pitch, an ERA a point. 
seven three. He did go two and zero in both of his starts. Probably should have been my pick, but again, I wanted to give Alex Cobb a shout out. And in the National League, I'm going to go with Zach Godley. He mowed down the Phillies, um, or got close to mowing down the Phillies, I should say, um, but still posted a one point nine three ERA and a sub one WHIP. Uh, so so good week for him there. We're going to look at some bullpen guys. The We'll call it the wild thing of the week. Uh, but I'm going to look at a guy who, in the American League, rather, that's been you know, a pretty good addition to a team that, that already had a pretty nice bullpen, and that's Brad Hand. Had three innings or three appearances and 3.2 innings pitch. Had two holds out of it, but he had seven strikeouts. In those 11 outs that he he put down a whip of .82, that's one hit and two walks. So, I mean, really a good addition there. Almost went with Alex Colomb uh, of the Seattle Mariners, a guy they picked up from the Braves earlier this week. He pitched five innings, had three holds. He did have a blown save. Uh, so, while it may not have been the run that he himself earned it was a run that he inherited and let it up there so a guy definitely to mention out there over the national league i'm gonna go with a guy that you know it's another guy that i would love the phillies uh pick up but the atlanta braves got him that's brad brack um and he had himself a nice nice week three appearances three innings pitched two different holds and you know this this guy uh Definitely a great pickup for him. Kind of went a little bit under the radar uh, with a couple of the different, you know, different names that got traded at the end of July. And, and the Braves have, have gotten a lot out of him. You know, he didn't let up a single run, a whip of .67. So definitely uh, a bummer there. If you're a Phillies fan, definitely something to be happy about if you are a Braves fan. But, you know, if uh, if you're going forward or going forward, he's going to be a uh, – a big, big part of that team. Going to go over, look at some rookies. We haven't done that in a while. And it's, you know, uh, something to, to certainly keep an eye out on. And in the last seven days, we've had, you know, a few different few different guys pop out. So so let's take a look. It's been something that, that you know, I would have loved to talk a little more about. But, uh, you know, as is life, you know, and as is the pod. But in the American League, I gotta go with Willie Adams of the Tampa Bay Rays. Guy batted 11 for 23 with a homer, three RBI, and four stolen bases. Definitely had himself a really good week. Tampa Bay, always an interesting story with how they bring up their prospects. Always seem to have pretty good ones. Uh, Could have gone also with Miguel Andahar of the New York Yankees. He went nine for 28, three homers, eight. RBI, um, you know, definitely another good one as well. Over in the NL, we mentioned him before. It's got to be Ronald Acuna. Four homers, youngest guy to hit four homers in four straight games. That Atlanta team, he's been a catalyst for them. I would be surprised if he wasn't the NL MVP. I know my guy, Sir Anthony Dominguez, has a lot to say about that and certainly will make a case, especially if he stays a crucial part of the Phillies offense. But with how Atlanta's been doing and how hot they've been and how hot he's been, he's certainly 
been that he and Nick Markakis have been two guys that really help out a ton for them. And they're playing Miami for the rest of the week during the week. And then we'll play Colorado over the weekend. So we will, uh, we'll see how it goes, but let's mention the Phillies got to go into Phillies talk, had a down week, losing four of their six games, losing two or three in Arizona, losing two of three in San Diego, and the bats went ice cold. They got shut out in two straight games on Wednesday afternoon and then on Friday night. It's tough. It was a tough week. They have an abysmal road record. They are seven games under 500 there, and it's the worst of any National League team above 500 and any team in the hunt. And if they can even get that into 500 – get it to even 30 and 31 versus 27 and 34. They're ahead of the Atlanta Braves. I mean, it's plain and simple. They are ahead of them and they'd be up two games. I mean, it's nuts. But what the Phillies really need to do is just get the bats consistent. I've said it all year when they're ice cold, it's glacial. When they're hot, it is white hot. And their pitching staff's too good for their offense to not be performing this well. The Phillies pitching staff, so that you guys have an idea, they've only let up 477 runs. That is the third lowest in the National League. It's lower than the Braves. It's lower than the Nationals. It's lower than the Cubs. Lower than the Brewers. The only two teams it's not lower than are the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. It's absurd. It is absolutely absurd that how well, A, that these guys are doing. We've talked about it before. They are outperforming. Noel is, an, is a Cy Young candidate. Jake Arrieta is outperforming what we thought he would do. Eflin Mania is unreal. Fucking love that guy. Velasquez looks like he's making a turning a corner, as does hopefully Nick Pavetta. We'll see how this week goes. But if those bats can pick them up, get more consistent, this team's going to be a ton of fun to watch. And they are going to make a, a nice run. They are only three games back of the Cubs for the best record in the National League. That is absurd to me. It's August 13th, and they are three games back of the best record in the National League. But we'll see how this week goes they play the Boston Red Sox for two home games before a five game series against the Mets have a double header on Thursday been able to to make a few interesting roster moves uh with players coming back from injury they actually sent Zach Eflin to the minors not on any sort of rehab assignment but to make room for some of the guys coming back from injury and the way that they that they or the fact that they got Justin Bohr they had to make some sort of space, and they realized that with a doubleheader, they can call up an, a 26th player, and they're doing that with Zach Eflin. Uh, so he's going to make a start on Thursday against the Mets, but he's technically a minor league call-up for that day. So if you see anything like that, that's basically what that's uh, meaning there. So interesting. Uh, I, ne I never really realized that with a doubleheader that you get that. So, um, you know, Matt Clintac and Gabe Kapler – realizing how uh, the ins and outs of, of Major League Baseball working. So you got to give them some props there. But, again, I'd love to see 5-2 and two out of this week. I mean, 4-3 and three would be awesome. But 5-2 and two really, 
This Mets team isn't playing very well. I've, I've given them some props. They aren't really going fully away, I would have thought, especially with all the different injuries and players they've traded away, that uh, they would really nosedive down. But they aren't going away, so the Phillies will really need to battle. They're very good at home. They have the best record at home in the National League. But really got to really gotta get it going there. That The NL East, that race between the Phillies and, and the Braves is going to be a ton of fun to watch down the stretch. But let's move over to the fan favorite segments. I'm going to start with Stadium Snacks. Before I give you mine for the week, i got to mention I'm going on a different podcast this week. I'm getting interviewed by the Full Belly Laughs podcast. going to be debating Stadium Snacks with their host, Brian Durkin. going to be debating hot dogs versus sandwiches and what makes a better stadium snack. We're going to be doing it at the Phillies Red Sox game Tuesday night. Part of the reason why I'm going. Uh, going to be a ton of fun. I'm really excited to do it. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, all that good stuff. Uh, I will let you guys know when it gets posted. I'm not sure if he's posting it on Wednesday or or when his schedule comes out, so I'll, I'll be sure. Again, ThunderBLG on Twitter. Jordo9 is my personal one. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, all that good stuff. I'll be make, I will make sure to let you know. But my stadium snack is... Coming from Hartford, Connecticut, the Hartford Yard Goats of the AA Eastern League, they have the beer bat. And this thing is a 24-ounce baseball bat, plastic bat that they fill with beer. My only qualm with it is $19. When we were in college, you could get a 30-ounce beer for like 10 bucks. the Iron Pigs games. And this isn't me being old man yells at cloud. This was five years ago. So, I mean, $19 is probably just for... A lot of having to get this, I would assume, a hard plastic bat full. Hopefully there's some sort of nice refill price. But definitely something if you are up there or you're traveling through Hartford and the Yard Goats have a home game, I I would certainly go check it out. I kind of want to make that drive up, but I I don't think I'm going to have time before the minor league season ends since they end around Labor Day. But definitely something to, to check out if you're in that area. But over to bleacher creatures this one you might have missed because it's also from the minor leagues an independent minor league but it's something everybody loves manager ejections this comes from the independent american association i'm assuming this comes out of the midwest because this game was between the chicago dogs and the fargo moorhead red hawks it was at fargo moorhead chicago dogs are up five nothing in the bottom of the second inning the Red Hawks have a runner or runners on first and second. Ball gets grounded out to the third baseman, and he has to slide to tag third base to get the uh, the third out. And runner gets called safe. Out comes the Chicago Dogs manager. He's livid. He thought the runner was out. Blah blah blah. Gets tossed. Now here's where the fun begins. This guy goes bonkers. So he keeps yelling at him after he gets ejected, and goes over and steals, literally steals third base. He starts walking away with it. Everybody thinks he's going to toss into the garbage because he thinks it's a garbage call. You know, a lot of managers are very punny that way. But no, he gives it to a little kid. Awesome job there. You use your platform of going absolutely nuts and did a good deed out of it. Good job on you, Chicago Dogs manager Butch Hobson. So, doesn't end here Hobson walks away goes and takes his lumps as we all do when you get ejected from games but I mentioned 
it's being played in Fargo. Their grounds crew realizes, oh, we need a base. They need this base to play the rest of the game. Again, it's minor leagues, independent. They don't have big league dollars getting pumped in there. They don't have extra bases. Crowd's crew has to go get it from the little kid. The home crowd boos their grounds crew from taking it from a little kid, as to be expected. But absolutely hilarious. I'm gonna try to put up the or I'm gonna put up this tweet on our blog post that we include with the SoundCloud link on Thunderblogsports.com. So go check it out there. If you're listening on Thunderblogsports.com, just scroll down. You'll see it there. But really funny. I think I love manager ejections. I know a lot of people do too. We've seen guys go with the rosin bag. We've seen guys, you know, toss whatever, wherever. And this is definitely uh, one of the strangest I've seen. Even stranger than the guy that treated the rosin bag like a fucking grenade. Uh, and if you haven't seen that, go Google it because that is hilarious. But let's wrap things up. Let's look at the rest of the schedule for next week. We got uh, an interesting week of baseball ahead of us. I mentioned the Cardinals and the Washington Nationals early on. The Nationals did tie up that game, but the Cardinals did win it in the ninth inning. So the Cardinals win there. Uh, The Nats now fall. And I mentioned they they really need to get some things going. Uh, They're now seven games back of the Braves and, and six games back of the Phillies. And if they don't really get it going soon, it's going to be tough for them to make a run at the, the end of the season there. And there's so many different teams right now that they need to hopscotch. They're, you know, they're still behind, again, the Braves, the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Dodgers, the the Rockies, just of non-wild card teams. They still got the Phillies, technically the Dodgers. They could fall back out in that, you know, whoever doesn't win the NL West, really. Um, but – to look at other other series is to keep an eye out on. You got the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers. Depending on how that goes, you can see a completely different landscape on who's in second place. Um, the other one is is uh, that's actually coming this weekend. But uh, during this week, the so the, that's completing the Cardinals schedule. But during this week in the National League, uh, gotta keep an eye out for that St. Louis series. Also. A uh, number of, of interleague series is out there, but uh, definitely keep an eye out on the Cubs and the Brewers. Um, really going to be talking a lot about those central teams because it's so jammed up. But this really could make really between that and the, the Brewers and the Cardinals this weekend, we could see a completely different landscape of the NL Central and, and how everything goes. Uh, you need to see a cup uh, a number of different you know, sweeps and whatnot. The Cubs this weekend play the Pirates, so there's some interesting, um, you know, interesting ways that, the, that this lines up there. But it, it really can affect the division so much uh, in how everything could shake out. But in the American League, one to keep an eye out of an American League team hosting a National League team, and that's the Houston Astros hosting the Rockies. Uh, the Rockies red hot. The Astros needed to bounce back and, you know, definitely something where, like I mentioned, the, the Astros normally good at home and I, I'd expect them to start to turn it up, especially with how their offense has been and, and how they can, they can turn it up like that. We'll see though, that, that Rockies offense is pretty good too, but they're facing Verlander on Tuesday. Then they're facing Garrett Cole on Wednesday. So it's going to be tough there. 
But over into the weekend, um, I mentioned that St. Louis and Milwaukee series in the National League. Uh, Got to also keep an eye out on Atlanta and Colorado. In the American League, Houston again, but they're traveling up to Oakland. I mean, this is this could be huge in the NL West. Uh, I mean, the A's are right there. They're red hot. And if the Astros come out of that series in against Colorado, not so well, they could kind of, they could stumble a bit coming up to, to Oakland, but they've had an awesome road record. So we'll see how that is. The last one that I think you guys should really keep an eye out for are the Seattle Mariners hosting the LA Dodgers, uh, two teams within their respective Western divisions, that need to make some moves if they really want to hold on. Uh, I th- I really think that they can do it, and I think it's going to be one of those two teams can. The Dodgers obviously have a, a lot easier path to do so, but I'd love to see the Mariners get there. Uh, they haven't been in the playoffs in, in what feels like so long, and, and I have to double-check. I, I think it has been close to, eight, close to 10 years since they made the playoffs, and... It'd be nice to see them get up there because it's, it's, you know, with all the different players that they have, it's it's quite a shame that that a lot of them are missing out on the uh, postseason fun. But let me know what you thought I missed. I really appreciate you guys tuning in to the solo pod. I know that these can have a different bit of a different vibe than the ones with Maddie D, with Greg, with Jared when he comes on, or Third and Girl when she hops on. Uh, so I really appreciate you tuning in, especially if you you listened all the way to the end. Again, make sure to like, share, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a nice five-star review. The bullpen card is what you search. Special thanks to you know everyone that submitted questions. If you have anything that you want us to answer, I know I didn't have any today, but we have answered some in the past and, and given people shout-outs for Stadium Snacks and Bleacher Creatures, so make sure that you do that. But we'll be back later this week. I mentioned we're dropping a college football pod on Thursday. Make sure to tune in for that. Football season is back and better than ever. But for the bullpen cart, this has been the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Have a good week, everybody, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.